Good morning, everybody. This is Phil Stevens. You're on Iron Radio. I am a coach, a powerlifter, a Highland Games athlete, and a bunch of other things. Nice. <clears throat> this is Dr. Mike Nelson. I'm a social professor at the Kerrigan Institute, I'm a creator of the Flex Diet Cert and the FizzFlex certification. I'll be teaching uh, athlete monitoring, Rocky Mountain University again, coming up, starting up here in a few weeks. Currently out in Helena, Montana. Ooh. Yeah. It's got to be cooler there than it is here. Uh, Probably. It yeah. Was, uh, it was hot two days ago. Well, Lazarus coming in through South Dakota was pretty warm. And then we got here. It had been warm, but it dropped. Like So the temp is like in the 70s. So it's oh, that's nice. not bad at all. Yeah. yeah. Drill. Matt and KC. I don't have literally anything going on these days. Charles is a fit aid. <laughs> a fit aid rep now. Oh man, yeah. So. I just today just took that job on. I'm now retail, <laughs> also retail manager at uh, yeah. the local GNC. Is that your part time yeah. gig too? Yeah, free athletic. I suppose we can start it off with uh, Tuesday. I went to Chiefs training camp, like I talked about. Oh, how was that? It was good. Uh, I was amazed at how, like, there were more people there than come to other people's regular season games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was amazing, and like you were within five feet of the guys. So, oh wow, uh, it was good. I the resounding theme was these guys are a lot bigger than I thought. Oh, they're huge like, when you stand next to them. Like, even oh, the Christ. small guys. Like, McCall Small Hart, guys are big. Like, he's like, dude, Lord, he's fucking jacked. <laughs> and the linemen and stuff are just otherworldly. Oh, yeah. All the defensive ends and stuff, 6'5", 290. It's like, yeah. oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, yeah, it's good. A lot of energy. And like I said, tons of people there. And then I don't know how other training camps are set up, but I brought my son up. And so they're at Missouri Western University. They take over the practice fields for their practice because they're grass, whereas the stadium is turf. Uh, but then they have the whole stadium set up with nothing but stuff for kids. It's oh, free. Wow. So, and it's old school stuff. Like you used to watch on, like the old Pro Bowl, they used to have like the quarterback challenges and things like that where they throw, yeah. trying to, they have shit set up that, like that for all the kids and teaching them oh, football drills cool. and, yeah, so it was good. It was it was good. And it, for a whopping charge of five dollars is what the total. Oh wow, that's not bad at all. It's basically a five dollar parking fee for the university. Other than that, it's free to get in. So it was good. You know, two hours of watching, and uh, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, just seeing them get the work in, it's pretty neat. But oh, we also missed your. Didn't you have a throwing event? Oh, I went to a yeah, I went to a uh, a seminar thing with uh, I guess you'd call it with Skylar Arnson, and it worked. I threw twice since it and added three feet onto my weight for distance in a game of inches that's big. Oh, so, dude, that's huge. Yeah, so it was good just getting out there and like I said, I haven't closely matched my numbers of throwing since before my hip replacement, and a lot of it's just I move different. So, because I started throwing when I needed a replacement. Um, oh. 
So I just had all kinds of weird moving pattern, and it worked for me. You know, I basically I found a a way to move that worked for somebody with a bad hip, and that doesn't work that great for somebody who now has a good hip. So I'm just getting back into it, but uh, like I'm going to throw another games in October, and this time after after the last one because I was like a few feet off the world record on sheaf with zero practice. <laughs> um, Dan Tennyson was like, dude, if you just practice, you'd probably do well. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll practice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to practice twice a week and see how we do. But uh, I can also tell I'm lighter. So, like when I did my best in Highland Games, I was 270 plus. And now I'm like 20 some pounds lighter than that. But, uh, oh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'm also <laughs> in the master's class now, which is. Like, this is the one sport where you, you like, get benefits for going to Masters. Because we get to throw the 42-pound weight instead of the 56. Once, oh. you become, once you become 40, and, uh oh, it's a major difference. You wouldn't think it is, but that 14 pounds is a huge game changer. But uh we've been practicing still with the 56, which tends to, seems like it makes a hell of a deal. Uh and that's one thing I loved about Highland Games in general, like the weights and the hammers. So there's, for people who don't know, there's heavyweight, heavy hammer, or heavyweight, lightweight, heavy hammer, light hammer. And then there's two stones, which is a heavier Braemar stone and a lighter open stone. But in general, when you're going in the right order, you throw the heavy implement first, and then you go to the light implement. And once you get to that light one, oh, it flies. It's just like, so mm-hmm. So we've been throwing the 56, and, you know, we'll throw it a few times, and I'm like, I'm going to warm up with that thing at the meet, because then you throw the 42, and it just feels so much better. The 56 just feels like trash. So, but, uh, no, we just worked on my timing and the spin and stuff that's totally different now, and things like that. And then for me, it's the hammer getting it to, you really have to lay back and, uh, open your hips up and uh I just haven't been able to get back to there since since the hip replacement so worked on a lot of that and that helped so yeah we'll see that's going good but shout out to Skyler he added three feet onto my uh weights so if anybody needs some some coaching in the Highland Games I highly suggest it especially for the price it was like what did we pay 30 bucks all day what what is yeah. he doing? <laughs> he, he drove up. He drove all the way. I was like, you didn't pay for your gas. He drove yeah. two and a half hours from Wichita. Oh and there were like eight of us at 30 bucks a piece. I was like, you're, at today's gas rate, you're losing money. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So if you ever have a chance, head down to Wichita, work with Skyler, or, you know, go to somewhere he's going. It was a good time. That's one thing about Highland Games community. It's It's also the cheapest strength sport because a general meat now is like what powerlifting used to be. It's like 30, 40 bucks. Yeah. And plus they treat you well. That 30, 40 bucks includes a t-shirt, a meal, usually some beer. (laughs) It's like they, yeah. But again, like we talked about, they wrap these things around festivals in general. So yeah, you are also entertainment for the festival. Uh, which is good. And then you got people there, unlike a powerlifting meet and weightlifting meet, where you got like 
a friend and a family member that are there because (laughs) they're only there to support you. They don't really like it. Uh, Yeah. You know, here there's crap for them to do, and it's also fun watching people throw things. So, especially dudes in skirts. It's one of those things where it's, at least the people in the U.S., entertaining if you don't even really know what's going on. So, like, hey, that one dude throw the thing further. (laughs) Yes. Well, and I think this goes, it also goes back to the strongman thing and why it's more, strongman seems to get more media coverage and things. Like, I mean, strongman, world's strongest man is on, like, ESPN and crap like that. And I think a lot of that is the relatable things that you're, the general public can relate to what you're doing more. Yeah. Like in Strongman, oh, that guy's picking up huge rocks. Those are heavy. And their brain knows they're heavy. You know, when you see these guys, you know, flipping a big-ass telephone pole, the general public is like, oh, that's impressive. Because that's heavy. They've picked up big sticks, you know, in life. So, uh, and I think that's another reason why it's just, it's, it's a more relatable sport to the general pop that doesn't train then like people look at a barbell and they're like, what is that? 200 pounds? No, no that's like seven, but thanks. <laughs> you know, they just don't know. You know yeah. It's not their fault. Um, they're just ignorant to the sport, but that's yeah. when you start using some of the more smaller plates you had to meet and they're used to looking at, you know, the, in the bloated 45 pound yeah. that people are putting on to do power lifting with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get those competition metal plates and they're like, yeah. inch thick. Yep. You know, there's seven of them on each side and people have no clue. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I mean, that was good. And like I said, getting ready for that event and try and do a few more of those a year. I always did one, but now I'll do at least two. It's another, it's a fun other sport. I got to look into, find a powerlifting meet as well. I think I'm done walking out. I'm I'm just going totally to the dark side and just going to find monolith meets from now on. Really? It's the walkout that kills me the most. My knees are just not what they used to be. Mm. When you're walking out 780, like sure. that's the, like if I get the walkout, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not worried about the squat at all uh, anymore. It's just like, okay, just get this thing set up. So uh, I'm going to try and find a model with me, which are harder to find now. When I started, it's like that was the thing. That was the thing, like, was it years ago? I remember yeah. switching over, and I mean, we've all been to meets watching it, and I remember the meet I was at years ago. I don't remember if I was competing or not. And they had these two kids who were helping with the squad, and they were doing a good job, but you looked at them, and they were like the the feel, like, you know, the stringy eel-shaped guys. Yeah. yeah. And you see the bigger dudes getting up there, and I'm like going, if that bar is going down, those poor mm-hmm. little kids are going to get squashed. They're not yeah. going to do shit. <laughs> yep. Well, and that's the other reason I don't think. I, I'm not sure why they just haven't changed the one lift just for the safety factor. Yes. Yeah. Even because of the straps. Out, yeah. This is yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because you have the ability to have straps that just like, then if something catastrophic happens, which it does, we've all seen the videos of it. In meets, oh, yeah. Where something explodes. At least the bar doesn't land on the lifter. Yes. Well, that catastrophic thing's going to happen, but the next one after that catastrophic thing is totally gonna be preventable. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I mean, I being a somebody that's thrown meets with monolifts and without, it's a lot easier not hauling that monolift around. 
but no, oh, I'm sure. Uh, you know, <laughs> so I've had to load that thing and drive it up to Nebraska and everything else. And it's like, oh god. After that, it was like, nope, this thing's parked. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's just sitting at my gym. So, and then what else? On my news, this was my this was week one of not having to manage him nightly. It was <laughs> weird. It was. Did you actually sleep? Oh, I did, and I had time. Like, come evening, I'm like, what do I do? Like, Here, let's go out and play, kid. You know, and go out and play <laughs> garden and played, and oh man, it was so good. Uh, it was fun, but and I've taken on a bunch more people, like you talked about online things like that. But uh, yeah, I went to the gym twice to get my training in. That's about it. Nice. So, yep. I got a few things. What do you guys got going on? Then I'll go into this powerlifting stuff. Anything interesting? Uh, not much here. I got a bunch of deadlines for book stuff. Um, I don't know. I probably announced it before, but I'm helping Cal Dietz with Triphasic 2. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get hopefully rough copy done soon, and hopefully we can get that out. The goal, the stretch goal, is by the end of the year. I'm not sure when it would actually be out. We're only doing a print version, um, which, like we talked about before, I mean, shit. For the last triphasic one was a decade ago, and this is like all new stuff. There's like only two things that really overlap, just to to set up the concepts for the advanced stuff. You know, to you get someone like his his stuff for. 50 bucks for like another 10 years of experience. I'm like, shit, that's so cheap. (laughs) So it's just trying to get everything all together and making sure it makes sense and a bunch of templates and a bunch of other stuff in there. And uh, yeah, I'm so excited to get that out and a couple other things going on. And once I get through August, we'll probably lighten up a little bit. And I've got another program for the Karg Institute. I got to turn out in uh, September, October. So yeah, so I got a few clients and doing more of the FizzFlex cert. We'll open again in September. So people are interested in like recovery stuff from cold water to sauna to how to actually program high intensity training correctly, fuel systems, and then different breathing techniques. So that's what's in that one. Nice. I only fun thing is I'm. Going to do something I promised myself I never was going to do again, which is a nutrition okay. challenge. A nutrition challenge. Oh, I know. Oh. I'm going to offer a nutrition challenge. I know. I really just, I'm going to treat it more like a semester of, like, you know, teaching how to, you know, approach nutrition or whatever. And I'm making it 12 weeks, so that way, like, you got to stick with it the whole time. But I'm also going to put some prizes on the line, so... At least grip grips people to it a little bit, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I and I'll be honest, I I've had success doing them, like initial success, mm-hmm. but I like the long term success of challenges is always like it always ends up being a net negative to me. Like you you have people that go really hard for a challenge and then use none of the stuff they learned, or they did it the wrong way, yeah, and just you know, ruin it over time as opposed to letting it launch them into a better way of, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, 
that's what I'm kind of gearing up for, working on, just kind of getting that stuff together and getting the after school strength club stuff together. So, nice. which is what yeah. I want to focus. I'm kind of I'm burnt out on adults. They're all goofy, man. <laughs> <laughs> adults are pain in the ass. So, <laughs> I thought no, about doing a nutrition challenge of. How many carbs can you average per day and stay at the same body weight, body comp? Just yeah, because everyone fun. seems to be going the opposite direction. So I did a podcast with a guy, and he was at 650 grams of carbs per day. And, like, Ooh. people started emailing me. or like, what? And, like, I talk about eating carbs all the time. So they're like, that's crazy. You know, I have another client who were. He's at 400 right now, you know, has abs, and people are like, how does he eat 400 grams of carbs a day? It's so crazy. It's like we're trying to get him to 415 and then 450. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so I should probably do that because it seems like every time I talk about it, people lose their mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going to yeah, be a fun one, like a, with a, like a parameter like that, like how high can you keep, you know, yeah. keep carbs, you know. Yeah. But I just have a lot of people, what I would say is like on phase one of nutrition where it's like, it's a chore getting them to hit their pro. Like I usually start with protein. So yeah, yeah. Me too. it's like hitting your protein consistently is like number one, like step get, one. Just get here. I usually do protein calories first. It's like as long as you hit your protein, I don't, I don't get too crazy about tracking the exact macros, but as long as you stay under or wherever your calories are, stay in your calorie range. Yeah. And like phase two is now we are starting to work on like really working on carbs, like how to keep your protein high, your carbs relatively high and your fats moderate most of the time. Now per the training that we do, like I would do a little bit higher fat approaches if we were doing, if I had more endurance stuff that I was doing maybe, but, I mean, most people want to just, you know, perform good in the gym, do strength stuff, and look good naked. So, trying to get the carbs up. That actually is an interesting, I would think, but looking at that, how high can you keep your carbs? Like, maybe that'll be, that'll be a fun one that I actually, like, enjoy trying with, like, a few clients, (laughs) you know? Box of Um, cereal. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then phase three is like eating for performance. Most people just end up in like phase two. That's when they're like doing the best. Is that like they're hitting the protein consistently? They're being pretty flexible, and that's like where most people do just that. I most of my clients do just fine. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, if you're competing, that to me is like the next level of things, and like they they are a little bit more on it. You know. Yeah. We had a, it just, your, your nutrition challenge brought up one from the past. We were, I'm going to keep the name on gym unnamed, but it was a CrossFit gym and, uh, they ran a paleo challenge and the girl who won, she did that. Remember that HCG diet that was going around? Oh yeah. She did that and ate like two Twinkies a day. Oh Jesus. And won it. Oh, it was like, no. this is supposed to be a paleo challenge. And, you know, at the end, it didn't, apparently it didn't matter, even though they called it a paleo challenge. Basically, it was just who the hell lost the most amount of weight. Like, her performance tanked. Oh. <laughs> you know? But but she lost a bunch of weight. And it's like, well, just mark it as that. Whoever can lose the amount of weight the most, you know. 
And, yeah. Uh, People ask me all the time, they're like, oh, if I do the flex diet surge, do you give me a bunch of, like, pre-done challenges? I'm like, no. no. <laughs> you can take any one of the eight concepts and make your own challenge out of it. That's, That's cool. But, like, if if a 30-day challenge worked all the time, I would have sell a program that's like, hey, here's your 30-day challenges for every month for the next mm-hmm. year, and I'd make a killing. But yeah, you, you can't just sleep at night. So no ethics at that point. Yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> It's fasting. Oh, it's keto month. Oh, it's, you know, whatever. Uh, it's, oh, God. Especially when I, you're trying to do performance stuff. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. I, look, if if only I could, like, just suspend my ethics, man, I could make money in this industry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we all could. Let's be honest. I know exactly what we have to do. Yeah. My favorite <laughs> money have no ethics. In this industry. Yeah, my my favorite just low ethic marketing thing was this the free six week challenges. Like this, I still see it actually sometimes, but not as much. But they is oh uh, I forget what they were called. The it was the weird Hormozy guy. He had the he would do goofy commercials. Oh yeah, yeah. But it was so the structure of it was. Is like the ad itself would say free six week challenge and it'd be like, it's free. It's free. You know, just go on about, you know, whatever. And then it would show, you know, the results or whatever, but then you would, it would get you in the gym. And then that free six week challenge wasn't free. It was, uh, 500 bucks. That's a deposit that you get back if you lose like. Too much, like a ton of weight in that six weeks, like a, yeah. an impossible amount of weight, essentially. Yeah. And then the sales pitch was like, "Oh, you're betting on yourself," and blah 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 blah. You're like, "Oh man!" So it's you set up the parameters yeah. to where it's like basically impossible to get it. And another part too was like those gyms, like even when you looked in the, because I used to be in the Facebook group, because I was like, "What is this thing?" And it like okay. the program itself was crazy expensive. It was like a thousand dollars a week. Holy oh, shit. Sure. 16 weeks or something like that. Right. But so when you looked at people, they were like, I just have been running this marketing for such and such. And it's like, I made so much, this much money, but it's like, <laughs> you already counted that money. So you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you are planning on everyone to fail. Yep. Right. You're like, you're like, Oh, that money is spent. Ain't nobody getting this money back. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Like I and it was going around for a hot minute too, and I think they got in trouble for it at some point, obviously, because it's a bait, yeah. you know, bait and bait switch tactic. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. yeah. It's, I mean, that's why I even did the flex diet cert was because I had, at the time years ago, been to so many CrossFit gyms and the you know the programming had gotten a lot better over the years mm-hmm. and you ask them like, what do you do for nutrition? It was just like random thirty day challenge or you know, some gyms tried it, but they didn't have a system, and it was just a disaster. So I'm just like, hey, just take one person, put it in charge. You know, he or she can run 150 people through it. You know, it's semi-flexible. It's already done. Like, I, yeah. But, you know, maybe I'm just horrible at marketing at gyms, but, like, total number of gym sales are, like, in the single digits. Yeah, because they're just like I, I don't know. I just don't want to deal with it. But I'm like, it's a lot of work. You're running a gym based on body comp and performance. Like these people are not going to be games competitors, and most of them don't yes. have the desire to be a games competitor, which is no. totally cool. I get it. 
So wouldn't you want to do something with nutrition? Ah! <laughs> oh, man. This, like, the whole thing is – and I, I really dislike all of it because it's – like, the nutrition challenge side, it's like – like I said, some of my best results are people who started with, like, a challenge of some sort. But the people who were long-term successful on it got stuck in that phase, yeah, right? Like that's the problem. There are a lot of people. Yeah, I had a lot of people who, and I wasn't running any of the pay because I was not like even when I started, I was like, yeah, I'm not into the pay. Like this ain't my thing, you know. So the other coaches at the at the gym they went and do a paleo challenge. So they did a paleo challenge, and one of the people that I lost like the most weight, and you know that I ever worked with. Same thing. He's like stuck on the pillow thing, but then he got scared to eat like carbs and stuff later on. Like he, oh no, you know what I mean? Like, and it, I don't know now. He he's off doing his own thing. Like he owns a, his own gym now, his own CrossFit gym now. But it's like he kind of got stuck in that mode. And I remember having conversations with him, like, dude, you can't be, you know, you're getting leaner. Like, you can't be scared of carbs. Like your your foundation is good with paleo stuff, but now let's add carbs, and you can like have a more complete diet. But so it's like the net positive is like, yeah, you succeeded, but you also are stuck in this diet phase for life, yeah. which should change. Like your diet should change over the course of, of years. And like you're talking about those carbs, we want to see them go up. Like, yeah. You, you know, like I want to see you getting to 400 grams of carbs a day. Like I have a girl that's like, who, I mean, she averages 300 plus. And a lot of the girls who come into the gym are like, oh, what do I need to do to look like her? And I'm like, X, Y, Z. And they're like, nah, that's not. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, lift weights, eat this way, and it will improve your carbs over time. No, 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 not that. (laughs) You're lying to me. Isn't that the weirdest thing? I got a a female fitness competitor, and she was eating, eh, you know, averaging around 300 grams of carbs in the off off season and she was you know shorter had a lot of muscle but she wasn't you know real large in terms of you know size of a mammal and it'd be like yeah she eats like you know 300 grams of carbs a day lifts you know super heavy natural competitor and they're like no i'm like well we can move you in that direction i'm not saying you're going to get to that point but you're and you're in the metabolic no man's land now of like 85 carbs a day your performance sucks so maybe yeah. we should move you that direction. And they're like, I don't know. I'm just like, oh, like what What else do you, you know, I don't know. It's just people get stuck because everyone else is running around saying carbs are bad. They're going to yeah. make you fat. And, you know, it's like your your brain is like has to try to decide between like, oh, maybe this is possible. But no, everyone else says it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the part of it's like you have to give up. It really, when you go to a coach, particularly like us, is like, you have to give up what you think you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I would say of people who walk in the door, like really 90%, 80, 90% of their knowledge in terms of fitness, nutrition is not, not, it's, it's marketing. Like they, yes. they, yes. like they know marketing or propaganda, basically. They don't mm-hmm. understand, like they don't actually know. And so, because I'll ask sometimes, just out of curiosity, like, what do you, if I said, oh, you're going to go home and eat healthy today, what's that look like to you? And they'll, you know, they'll give the, like, uh, chicken breast and broccoli. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I mean, no, not exactly. Like, you have to, 
there's other factors and understand obviously education and understanding, which is not. No one cares. Like no one very few people want to like really be educated on the subject. They just want to like do a thing and when they find that thing that works, they don't want to leave it ever. Yes. Even when it stops working. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. as dynamic as like training and nutrition are, and that's I mean it's part of my frustration is like it's not the people who quit initially, like you're like, oh man, that's hard. And they just like kind of give up or whatever. That's one thing. That's a certain frustration. It's the people who make it past the first phase and then just get stuck in that purgatory. Mm-hmm. And like you want to be lean. We know it. I feel it in your bones. You want to be lean <laughs> and perform well. Like I feel it all for you. Like that's what you want. But they're stuck. And then they'll be like, yeah. they'll say all the things. And it's not malnourishment, but it's like, you know, under, under eating your performance metrics and numbers and stuff. And they'll say the things like, oh, I just am feeling terrible. And you're like, what did you eat? And you're like, oh, man, it's not enough. You need any more. Uh, either it's just so hard or like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm scared. Like, basically, I'm scared to get fat. It's like, Yo, this is the best thing that will ever happen to you. Yeah. You can eat more and get leaner. Like, that's maybe that's how my marketing should start. You can eat more, eat more and get carb, leaner. And you'll get leaner. Over the course of five years. <laughs> yeah. Leave that part out. <laughs> Leave that part out. You got to get them hooked first. Yeah. That was a, almost the title of my talk at the ISSN meeting in 2011 was, uh, metabolic flexibility. Can you eat like shit and look like gold? <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm yeah. like, most people, if they're honest when they come in, at least with nutrition stuff are like, okay. How shitty can I eat and still look pretty good and perform yes. well? I mean, that's really what they want to know. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to eat whatever the hell I want. So, and that's yeah. funny. The people that always battle this, that's what they bounce between. They generally bounce between eating like an asshole yep. and then eating really strict. Like ultra clean, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what they bounce between. And they won't meet you. They're scared to meet you in the middle. It's like, uh, I can totally eat like shit. Like, I can live on ho-hos and chicken nuggets. But I'm not going to try and meet you in the middle ground, bro. I can go yeah. chicken breast and broccoli or anything I want. Other yeah. than that, it doesn't work. So. Yeah. I it was a Dave take called that the blast and dust. I yes. call them the, the on and off science. Yep. I'm like, my job as a coach is to train you. Not to be an on and off person with nutrition, but there's this thing called the dimmer switch. So let's play around with that a little bit. Like yeah. you can have some other foods and eat chicken and broccoli if that's what you're excited. But you know, you yeah, it doesn't have to be all on or just completely off. Yeah, that's so the same thing with training. I can't tell you oh, how many yeah. times with clients it's been like, okay, I'm ready to get going again. Okay, what have you been doing the last year and a half? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not a thing. It's like, oh boy. And Anything? My, no. Yeah, my standard response now is just like, oh well, life happens. I mean, what am I gonna do? It's, yeah. it's like, but it's the truth. It's like, it's blaster dust is normal. People are either on that horse or they're they're on the wagon or eating the wagon, as far as nutrition goes. So, and then yeah. I'm always trying to figure out if they're on like the blast phase. I'm trying to pull them back, but then all of a sudden they do that hard transition where they're just completely off the wagon. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, whoa, wait a minute. Now we're like 
doing the other thing. Like, okay, yeah. can you just go to the gym and check in? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I, and to me, that's just as like, uh, it's just more emotional people, people who are more on the, like, I guess, emotional side. And I really do try to connect with, cause I feel like everything I've signed up for, like, with, in terms of lifting or whatever, it's like, I'll do it for years. And it's like, I enjoy like, like starting bad at it and then, you know, getting better or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it is something either I look forward to, but not every day, you know, I didn't always look forward to training every single day, but it's like, you can, you're like, I can still go. You know what I mean? Like you have that, but it's like the people who have it, like they're more emotional. It's like, it has to feel good. Then I go. Yeah, man, it's not. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel good, like, or it's not going yeah. to every day. Like, if you have a good environment, you have like people who come in and they're hanging out, and like, you know, it's that's a part of it that I found is incredibly helpful to like essentially what I do here. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, I have like right now, this is the worst time for my style of gym. It's like. Like late July, August, because most people have gone on vacation yep. and are coming back. Yep. It's like, uh, you know, they're getting ready to get ready. Like in the fall, <laughs> you know, people come back like when things kind of settle down. But yeah, so they come back. It's like, man, just you know, step in, do one workout, you know, whatever. Yeah, you're only four months away from the big New Year's rush, so just hanging yeah. out. <laughs> I actually, I think I have to, I think this year I really got to do the no New Year's clients. Oh man. If, if I'm the only strength field representing now. Yep. I'm the only in place gym. I'll have to, yep. I have to keep the, the tradition alive. Yep. Best thing ever, man. That's the best thing I ever did. So, <laughs> cause you'll only, and come, come February, you will get the two people that were actually serious will come back and sign up. So, and just, you'll, you'll lose all that time with the people that weren't, but in, uh, powerlifting news, there was the 2022 WRPF American pro meet in Manassas, Virginia, four world records were broken. Um, we'll start at the bottom here and move up. Tamara Walcott broke the all time world record in a women's raw deadlift. She pulled, what was it, 639.4 pounds. Damn. Yeah, and she ended up getting the raw total, too, of 1620. Wow. So, yeah. And then uh, then three men also joined this. We had a new, <clears throat> was he, 220? What weight class is he? 125. Uh, but, 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 which were applied to two. He waited, yeah, 220, set a new world record in the squat at 953.6 raw. Oh, Jesus. Um, got the third highest total ever, just behind Belkin, and I don't remember the other one. At 220. 220, yeah. Jesus. So, um, and then Danny, this was a big one. Danny Grisby, who was the guy who, he was the first person to pull a thousand in a full meet. He ended up bumping up the, then got the all time raw deadlift world record. 
of 1,074.75 as a 275er. So, and like I, we were talking before the show, a lot of times you see these, most deadlift, well, uh, pretty much all 1,000-pound deadlifts before his were done not at full meets. And then, uh, but his is like, a lot of times you'll see a token squat taken to try and pull, but he squatted 771. Damn. Benched 457, deadlifted 1,074.75. And then the last one at that meet was a new raw total. And that one was Andrew Haas. See, that's a strong name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all-time <laughs> world record total in the 275 class, I do believe. No, 308. At uh, 2463.7 pounds, raw with wraps. Wow. Oh. And he looks the part. He's got that, like, Chuck Fogapol head-butted the bar, blood rolling down your face look going on. So, <laughs> yeah. awesome. But, uh. Yeah, I mean, so big day at the WRPF meet with numerous world records broken. So good to see that rolling around. But I was trying to think, how many people have officially even pulled over a thousand? God, you have what? Eddie Hall. Yeah, Eddie Hall. The first one was Bolton. Bolton was the first, and then then Thor do it also. Benedict Magnuson came after that. Yeah, I remember Magnuson. And then, I loved to watch Benedict Magnuson deadlifts. That was like yeah. the best thing ever. Like his training videos were just so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I believe it was Bolton, Benedict Magnuson, Thor, Eddie. That's that's about the end of the list. I think that was as far him, as I remember, it? that's it. Yeah. Okay, that's and what I was thinking too. So I think it's five now. Wow. So. Yeah. so, so and, Conventional, oh, there's 22. There's 22? So yeah, who deadlifted over a thousand conventionals. So you have half Thor, like in terms of like in strongman, half Thor, but they, that one's not in competition, that's in his gym. Yeah. Right. Half Thor, Eddie Hall, uh, Hyman, I don't even know how to pronounce that last name. That was March 21. Not Harriet, something. I don't know. I've been yeah, but how many of these are like eighteen inch deadlifts and things like that? Uh, there are some that say like in in their like in his home gym or whatever on yeah. Elephant Ball or whatever. Yeah, so, but these a lot of these look like strongman though. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wait. Again, I think there's you know, but it's got you know Andy Bolton in two thousand nine and. Mm-hmm. No, I remember uh, Bolton's was a big deal. Oh, I see. Yeah, the first, yeah. That was so huge. Yeah. First person to lift up half a ton. But. Chris Duffin? Who? Chris Duffin? Oh, that's Chris Duffin. Yeah, he, he did it. Rep, yeah. Sort of reps or whatever. Yeah, he did it. Wasn't he like the first guy? Didn't he do a triple or something? Something like that. Crazy yeah. in his gym? Yeah. I think he did. Chris Duffin. I mean, totally like. Completely natural too, so it's wild. Oh, he's, yeah, he's oh, he's hundred percent natty. They all, uh, yeah, it's got Magnuson. So I don't People know. People are laughing like stuff. he's posted some stuff online of what he's used, so it's not like it's a big secret. We're not, yeah, 
ripping on him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, he wasn't, if he hadn't said anything, I wouldn't joke around. But, but, right, yeah. right. Yeah, he was the first to rep a thousand pounds. He squatted three reps at a thousand one. And um nope. I don't know how many he deadlifted, but I think it was three, wasn't it? Maybe I, I got the number wrong. Deadlifted a thousand pounds. Two reps in two thousand sixteen. Okay. Yep. He was the first person to sumo deadlift a thousand one pounds for two reps in two thousand sixteen. Uh, yeah, Alexei Novikov, he did it at Giants Live. I think there was a few that happened at that one. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, but I'm sorry. I can't count those. Well, that's you have that big-ass elephant pass. bar. Yeah. Yeah, it's different. It makes a big so he did, difference. He, he did one with, like, it just looks like a regular deadlift bar, but then okay. there's one that's the 18-inch deadlift that's 1185. Yeah. I think that's the elephant bar one or whatever. Yeah. You yeah. get that. Well, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not taking away from it, but it's different than a regular fucking deadlift. You, know, you get that 16 foot long bar and tons of bend and, but. Well, even just with well, lighter weights, I've used like a, a deadlift bar that has a little bit of whip and bend to it. And I didn't know it. I was at a visiting a buddy's gym. Oh yeah. I just did like 315. And I was like, what the, what the hell is this? This is, it was like, even with just like very little weight on it, like the range of movement was like significantly oh, less. And I'm like, oh my god, this is so weird. But oh, I didn't realize it made that much of a difference. But yeah, yeah and once you get <laughs> up to 600 plus, man, yeah. those bed bars are amazing. And that's a big reason why, for the longest time, I didn't. I just kept the deadlift bar put up until like a month before competition, and made people use stiff bars. Yes. Um, yeah. But then you do need some time. Like, if you're not used you to a deadlift practice. bar on that whip, you, you oh, need practice weird. on it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because it's it's, yeah. <laughs> if you just if you don't take the slack out and just pull hard, it's going to bounce all over the place. But, yeah, you're going for a ride. Yeah, it takes what? some time to get used to. But So you, you make training harder than the competition? Yes, that's the general. In general, that's what I like doing. What a crazy Dang. thought. <laughs> that's such a crazy <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, I know. Honestly, I had a guy quit. It was pretty good power to quit because I wasn't using calibrated plates. Oh, God. What? I, <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to tell you. <laughs> I mean, it's the, yeah. He has to be in that same crew of the people that, like, wear singlets to train. Yeah. Oh it's like, come on, man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's different for me now that I'm in single ply because there is no, like, I can't go to That's Target to get a single play. That'll yeah. be your next Training project, only. man, is, uh, is casual single ply wear. Yeah. It'll look like jean shorts. Or, yeah. <laughs> Khakis. <laughs> I'll just buy some freaking coveralls at Tractor Supply, cut them off. <laughs> so. I've thought of that for a while. Like, if you could make. A bench shirt that would at least transfer a little bit, but sell it to like general population, because then all these bench bros could be like, "Bro, I oh, yeah. twenty pounds to my bench press," you know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, <sighs> well, I think it was a good day, guys. It's nine. I'm gonna go in and squat in a squat. quiet gym. So, 
Oh, that's got to be weird to go in there with no one else really around, I suppose. Yeah, there's going to be like two people. So, yeah, it'll be different. We'll see. This will be the first day. So, oh. <laughs> but enjoy the silence. I will. So, <laughs> until next week, everybody have a good weekend. All right. See you. Later. Okay. And stop.